This is a Podcast 225 production. Welcome to the Clay Young Show. Episode 177 is on your podcast device right now. What's going on? Hopefully, if you're listening in other parts of the country and you've got that good fall weather happening, walk to your nearest window, open it up, stick your head outside, and then realize you're not in Louisiana because it's still about 92 degrees here right now and the humidity is insane and it's October already and it feels like early August. Man, I got to get Jake Grimes in here at some point so we can have that quote unquote climate change discussion that's going on now because this is brutal, absolutely brutal. Wow, so many things going on right now. We're going to do a political show here after the Kavanaugh hearings are over. I suspect that Judge Kavanaugh will be voted in by the Senate narrowly. And then the second act of this horror show is going to begin. I just want to wait to get through where we are right now before we get into it. But I was on my way to North Louisiana last week. And that drive is about three and a half hours. And so I was able to hear the entire thing. And it was pretty much the most embarrassing thing I've ever heard. I mean, I saw the hearings a little bit of it the morning, uh, during the morning in the office, there's a monitor in there and I kind of keep CNBC on. And so when something newsworthy happens, they break into it. And it was, man, man. And then back here in Louisiana, there's so much going on. I've got, uh, there's a meeting I'm having next week that I, I need to keep under wraps. But when it is over, I'm hoping to have secured a conversation with someone that I think you will all want to hear from. Looking forward to that. We've actually, so the Waiting Room Podcast, I'm just running through all these things that we have here before we get to what we're talking about today. The Waiting Room Podcast is on its way back. In fact, I spoke with one of the ladies last week about it. And some new, the there, a new list of shows are on the way. I almost said new, a new season of shows are on the way, and we have secured another podcast that I think you'll find interesting. We're working out the back end logistics of it now, and that will be debuting during this quarter of the year. And I'm looking forward to that. All right. So quickly, look when you see these posts about the show on Facebook or Twitter, I even said something about it on Instagram for episode 176, which I don't do a ton on on Instagram. It's where the kitties play for the most part there and Snapchat. I'm not on Snapchat. I think some of the social media stuff has been really at the core of the mental state of our country right now. But, you know, haven't said all of that. If you see a post about this show, because I think what we talk about generally is specific to something going on, it's either informative or I like to think entertaining, please share it. Tell other people about what we're doing here on the show. And I appreciate you doing it. And for everyone who's done that on social media, on Twitter and Facebook, and I've seen that, man, I appreciate y'all. Thank you so much. We share the love. I mentioned to you, Franz Borkhardt has a podcast and mentioned it, I think in episode 175, I think at the beginning of it. And I just share the love with people about shows. I kind of look at it this way. I'm not in competition with any other podcast. Episode 177 of this show is in competition against episode 176. So that's kind of the way I look at it. 
And we always like to bring subject matter to you that is, like I said, informative or entertaining. Which brings me to our guest on this week's show. She is Candace Simeon, and she is here on behalf of the Louisiana Lupus Foundation. Now, I must admit to you, my knowledge about lupus is extremely limited. And I've known Candace for years. In fact, I knew Candace for years before I knew she had lupus. Well, this is Lupus Awareness Month here in Louisiana. And she's on our show this week to talk about that and give insight on an illness that's called the Great Imitator. And I'm going to let her explain what that means when she joins us in studio. But the whole subject matter is fascinating. It's something to learn about. And whether it affects you or your family, it is something I think you will want to hear. And I'm glad to have her here in studio. And she got to sign the door, too. The door of fame that's filling up. Pretty soon we're going to be on to the second door here in the studio filling up with these names. But thanks again, folks, for being here. Thanks for following our show. Thanks for listening. And Candace Simeon is in studio next. Promote your business or organization on Podcast225.com. Podcast225.com is quickly becoming a weekly tradition for Louisiana listeners. Every month, thousands hear the weekly Clay Young Show. Every week, Clay sits with some of the state's most fascinating and entertaining people. Posting your company's logo on the podcast225.com website or having a professionally produced commercial air on The Clay Young Show is a great way to access a loyal and informed audience. Get more information by calling 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. Clay Young here with John Conroy, the founder and owner of Pest Stop, your do-it-yourself pest control solution. John, let's talk about killing roaches. Keeping them out of the house, it's a year-round problem. What do people do about it? Well, it's amazing. You know, the little roaches have nothing to do with the cleanliness of your house. Yeah. They're actually transported in in UPS boxes or wow. brown paper bags from yeah. the grocery store. So, you know, once they get in, you know, you just don't reach for a can of aerosol because you actually have to bait them because they're going to build a nest either behind a cabinet or inside a wall cavity where you will never be able to spray an insecticide to kill them. And if you catch one of those little jokers goose stepping across your kitchen floor, <laughs> you want to have the product to nuke him, right? Actually, you don't because you hmm. want him to carry the bait back to the nest. Okay. So in the Baton Rouge area, where can I buy this product? Well, in Baton Rouge, we're located at 806 O'Neill Lane. That's about a block south of Old Hammond Highway. Or if you have questions, just give us a call at 273-4788. Use what the pros use at Pest Stop. Back with Candace Simeon on behalf of the Louisiana Lupus Foundation. As I have read, it is the largest foundation of its kind in Louisiana and parts of Mississippi, serving the very many people who deal with lupus. Candace and I were just talking before we hit the button here about how long we've known each other, and I think it's longer than 15 years. I was telling somebody last week, Candace, that when you get to a place in life you can time where you are based on the age of your children. Absolutely. That's kind of your calendar. Like before kids, you don't really remember how, how the years worked out. But after them, yes. you can point to the age that they were when something happened. Right. And we met, I think, a couple of years or so before the birth of your daughter. Right. Right. And right. since then, now, is she the oldest? No, she isn't. She's the middle? She's the middle. She's the middle. 
And man, so you have some talented kids and we'll get to that on the back end of our conversation. But this is Lupus Awareness Month for the state of Louisiana. Yes, it is. So for people who may have heard about lupus just in passing or heard that someone has it but don't know what it is, what is lupus? Well, very scientific. And pull that mic a little closer to you. Okay. Just from biology mm-hmm. and what the doctors tell us, you know, lupus is an autoimmune disease. Mm-hmm. So the body, in essence, attacks itself. Okay. And it doesn't turn itself off. So when we say we're looking for a cure, we're looking for some type of reprogramming of our cells that says we're not in a fight. Okay. Stop attacking us. Stop right. attacking organs. Stop um depleting our cells from white blood cells, our red blood cells, just stop. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's an autoimmune condition, chronic condition, and it is the great imitator. It will- I read that, so what does that mean, it's the great imitator? It looks like all diseases at different times. Okay. Um, We have, you can come to one of our support group meetings, and you will see the extreme spectrum. You will see someone who looks wonderfully healthy and then you would see at the same table uh, someone who has no hair Mm. um, who may have lost all their teeth Mm -hmm. who have had several heart attacks even strokes because the lupus has attacked the lungs the heart the skin and um so and it presents itself differently for me mine came in several ways okay first it was it appeared as the flu Okay. Um, and then we found out I had what was called parvovirus. Okay. Right now, my belief is that that was the start of the lupus. But that was 17 years ago. I was going to ask how long ago yeah. that was. That was 17 years ago. So for all that time, I was being diagnosed for different conditions. Fibromyalgia, connective tissue disorder, Sjogren's syndrome, um, rheumatoid arthritis. Mm-hmm. So you have all of these labels, and all along it was lupus. And I like to describe it as this, as the angry kid that's in the classroom, mm-hmm. that no matter who comes in, it fights. So it could be a good condition. It could be happiness. It mm-hmm. could be an extreme, we've won the lottery. Mm-hmm. And that ball of emotion, the body will think, hey, we, we need to fight. And you can get sick. Wow. Um, and then something as simple as someone may have a cold, okay. and you don't shake the cold, and it stays. And it will manifest as chronic pain, debilitating pain. I have not gotten to, there are many times where I can't drive at all. But I will look like I look today. Mm -hmm. And the pain level is high. Um, The the body has stiffened up. High fevers, low fevers. um, Heart racing, chest pains. Um, Many times, I've had people who have told me that with their lupus, they are immediately, they'll have chest pains, and then their pressure will rise, and it's like they have a heart attack. Mm-hmm. Um, so the disease will look like anything. It, it can look like the flu. It can look like arthritis, mm-hmm. especially. In your 30s, and you're diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, you should look into that. Um, mm-hmm. Things like, especially for women, changes in their cycle, mm-hmm. um, and they, uh, especially early menopause. Mm-hmm. Those things are indications that something is going on with your body and your body is saying, let's protect and won't stop protecting you. What causes it? We don't know. 
We don't know the cause. Um, we do know that there may be some environmental triggers. Mm -hmm. Like for, for instance, what? For me, we I believe it was the parvovirus, uh, okay. which is also known as Fifth's disease. Now, Fifth's disease is the fifth childhood disease. Mm -hmm. So you're looking at chickenpox, okay, measles, yeah, and you know along the way is Fifth's disease. So at the time, you were talking about knowing your life based upon your children's age. Mm -hmm. So at the time, my oldest son was five. So I was taking him to the daycare. Mm -hmm. So we believed that somewhere in the daycare, somebody was sick. And I got fifth disease. I spent eight days in the hospital with what appeared to be the flu. And from then, you know, I got all these treatments over and over again, not knowing that the chronic pain that I was in, the doctor thought it was fibromyalgia, not knowing that that was truly lupus all along. Mm -hmm. And the body went into protection mode. It right. did what it was supposed to do, which right. is protect me. Right. And it went in to fight the virus, it went in to fight the infection, mm -hmm. but it never stopped. So because it never stopped, it began to attack other things. For me, it, it seemed to be my central nervous system. Mm -hmm. Because when I was finally diagnosed September 6th, two years ago, yeah, I couldn't walk at all, totally paralyzed. My mom and dad literally had to carry me into the clinic on Florida Boulevard, mm -hmm. and I got three shots yeah. for pain. I went, I had to live with my parents because I couldn't walk. Yeah, Couldn't walk, couldn't feed myself. I had a high schooler, and I had two elementary, mm -hmm. and couldn't move. And when you look at me, Clay, I didn't You wouldn't look, be able to tell. You yeah. couldn't tell. You couldn't tell. So I would get my parents to fake and sit me up so that when the children came over to right. do homework, I would look like... you didn't want to scare them. Yeah, we were, we were terrified. I was in and out of the hospital so much. Mm -hmm. And so when I got the call that said, hey, it is lupus. Yeah. Because there are three tests that you have to pass <laughs> to be yeah. diagnosed with lupus. Yeah. And so I would get... I would pass one, and the other two would be negative. Okay. Or some sequence like that. Okay. Then finally, I'm paralyzed. I'm screaming, this has to be lupus. Because there is no one disease that carries all of these symptoms mm -hmm. but lupus. So when you're looking at, you have what they would call fibromyalgia, especially mm -hmm. Sjogren's syndrome. Sjogren's, you're totally dry. Eyes, mouth, everything where you're supposed to have some type of moisture yeah. is dry with Sjogren's. So you have a series of these. You have rheumatoid arthritis. You're having um, brain fog, thoughts that, and this is not what you would think, oh, these are simple thoughts like how to get home. No, your body gets you home. Mm -hmm. You know, there have been many times you've been exhausted leaving work yeah. and your body got you home. Right. So that's not what you forget. You, for me, as a writer and an editor, yeah. I would have sentences that were not complete. Or I would read paragraphs and have no idea. It wouldn't register what the words were. It could be the dog is brown. So it's cognitive. It's, it, it has a cognitive impact as well. Yes, total body, total body. And so you, if um, many of us see every specialist that you know, you see a neurologist. Mm -hmm. We, of course, our rheumatologist is generally who would give you the diagnosis. Mm -hmm. 
um, dermatologist, your skin peels, because your skin is the largest organ, and lupus attacks every organ. And the thing is that it does it in different ways or in different people at different times. Huh. So you can't trace it. So is there typically an age at which it starts to make itself known, or is there no consistent age range? We've been told, and it's, it's one thing when you don't have the diagnosis and you're not living with it, yeah. and then when you're living with it and what it really looks like. Right. So we've been told that it is during the childbearing years, mm-hmm. so between 18 and 45. Right. Um, however, in the state of Louisiana, we have members who are diagnosed at 14, at 10. So that is out the window um, for us. Mm-hmm. Philosophically, also, they say it. someone in your family has had. Mm-hmm. We have many, many members who they are the only person in the family who have lupus. Are you the only one? Um, no. My aunt has it. Okay. She didn't get a true diagnosis until I went through everything I went through, mm-hmm. and we were like, you really need to find out if yeah. it's lupus, and it is. What does a diagnosis include? I mean, what, what is the... What is that process to find out if you have it? Um, begging, <laughs> no, <laughs> because and it's one is timing. Okay, um, it's a blood test. So if lupus isn't active, if, you, if you're not in an active flare, mm-hmm. many times it will not be diagnosed. Okay, and unfortunately, an active flare is in a hospital. You are um, for me. Uh, I told you I, I wasn't walking, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and for you to be able to try to explain why I'm not walking, my pain level had my heart racing off the chart. My mm-hmm. pressure was off the chart. So when I came in, I told them that I was in pain. I didn't look like it. And when they put the monitors on, and they would go crazy. Yeah. And then they could see, okay, she is in pain. We did the blood work, and it showed them that what's called your ANA, that your ANA and your SED rate were high. Mm-hmm. Now the SED rate is, they'll take your blood and give this biology, I love this. <laughs> they'll take your blood and put it into a tube mm-hmm. and they would see how many cells drop at what pace, at what rate. Okay. The more cells that drop, that means that it's heavy. And if it's heavy, it means it's inflamed. If it's inflamed, that means you're under attack and mm-hmm. you're having some type of flare. If that's lupus, if that's um, any type of rheumatoid arthritis, mm-hmm. they would do additional tests to see. But the ANA and the set rate, those tests will tell them immediately, I have inflammation in my body, which means my body is under attack. Yeah. And because my body is under attack, there's either an infection or my body is confused. You were saying to me before, as we were walking over to the studio from my office, that um, that at some of the events that you have had, people talk about the number of pills that they take. And so you said that there are people who talk about having to take over 30 pills a day. A day, a day. Over 30 pills a day. So with that as a backdrop of context, I wanna ask this question. Because you say that people are taking all of those pills, but you said earlier that there is no way to truly know beforehand if you if you have lupus or not. Correct. So then, what do those pills do for you? No. <laughs> for the patient, mm-hmm. 
you are treating symptoms. Okay. And But what does that mean? How does that translate into you not being under attack by it? Or does it just make the attack a man a more manageable experience for you? It it, it is the goal is to make it manageable. Okay. Um, because there's nothing that we're taking that will cure it. Mm-hmm. So and and I'm I have to stress this, we are taking what we've been calling amongst ourselves, um, shared medication. So what, what we're mean? taking, we're taking medicine that's designed for other conditions, not for lupus. Wow. So I have been suggested that I should take, I should get chemotherapy. Okay. I refuse it. Yeah. We have several members with lupus who have to have chemotherapy, but chemo is for cancer. Right. So we have so many medicines that we take. Does it work? No, no. So what you're doing, you're trying to, um, he has a cough. Mm -hmm. So because he has a cough, we're gonna give him a flu shot. Mm -hmm. Or we may give him Robitussin. Um, he has a headache, and last week he had a cough, but we're going to still give him the robot. So that is, that. I am trying to get my mind around that. The first time I ever heard lupus was, uh, there was a classmate of mine in college mm-hmm. who had it, and she looked fine. Mm-hmm. And when she wasn't there, you, you heard she was dealing with it, but, you know, it wasn't something that, that members of my family have had sickle cell, yeah. okay? And yeah. I have known what a sickle cell crisis looks like and how debilitating it is. So in terms of consistent sicknesses, and that is one that, you know, is going to affect people of Mediterranean and African-American culture. This is so different because as we are listening to you talk about this, you are treating the symptom that lupus is pantomiming or, or, or imitating. So, Wow. So then if you're treating the cough, but it's not really a cold, it's something that lupus is making to look like a cold. Are you getting relief from the cold medicine you're taking? You're not. You're because not. you're not tre- because it isn't a cold. Correct. You're not getting treated for it. And so think about it when we talk about cognitive issues. So you're giving me medicine to treat an imitation yeah. of a cognitive yeah. disease. Something with the brain, but Correct. nothing's wrong with your brain. Same thing with skin. So I, I will have a rash and if my dermatologist treats my rash, mm-hmm. it's not what has caused the rash. You're just doing something surface. Okay. Because within with you've not tackled the disease at all. So one thing that we're grateful for is that there is a five million dollar So yeah, yeah. We, uh, you know, it was funny. You sent me that earlier and I, I just thought it was so fascinating and there there isn't a whole lot of Anything that's happening in Washington, D.C. that we're going to sit around the table and talk <laughs> right. about is being all that great. But right. this thing you sent me that uh, for fiscal year 2019 that begins. The, uh, that would be for next year's cycle. Next year's cycle. Mm-hmm. That um, in, in, a, in the bill, there is $5 million for the National Lupus Patient Registry Program um, at the Centers for Disease Control. Mm-hmm. A $1 million increase from the 18 funding. $5 million for a lupus research program, which, by the way, $5 million is so embarrassingly low yes. for the money we spend on crap that yes. that is enough to call somebody over. And I actually, off offline, you and I will have a conversation about that. Yes. Uh, and uh, in the Department of Defense's $39.1 billion budget, 
which is expected to provide nearly $110 million, which is a little bit better for lupus research. And then there is $2 million for the Office of Minority Health's National Health Education Lupus Program. So, I mean, you're talking about a lot of money, but in comparison to what we spend money on, it is not a lot of right. money. Right, absolutely. Absolutely. And then also, so I have two hats that I'm wearing. Okay. From a foundation, from the Louisiana Lupus Foundation okay. standpoint, this is a high five. Mm -hmm. We went to Washington. We did this advocacy day to get funding mm -hmm. for lupus research. So have you met with our congressional delegation here? Um, no, that we've met with their staff. Okay. Um, we've, who have you? Who, whose staff have you met with? We've met with everyone: Cassidy, okay. Graves, and. Uh, Kennedy. Okay. We met with their staff, okay. and, and especially on the heels of going to Congress and t and talking with their staff yes. to get them to join the Lupus Caucus. Okay. Because we didn't have representation, have not yet. We no, didn't we, have any we representation need to do about that. Absolutely. Yeah. Because you can't be a part of the conversation. Yeah. And then we also had no researchers in the state of Louisiana that were on record mm -hmm. doing lupus research. So mm -hmm. we celebrate $5 million from the Department of Defense, mm -hmm. but nobody's doing research on record. So you can't apply to yeah. get that money and bring it to the state. So one thing that we're doing on the other end of the candle is asking our members to talk to their doctors and ask them, are you doing research? Do you know mm -hmm. who's doing research? Let's get them on record of doing the research for lupus so that we can get a piece mm -hmm. of the piece of the $5 million. Senator, Senator Cassidy is a medical doctor, a gastroenterologist, yes. and, and he spent 90% of his career in medicine working at Earl K. Long, which was yes. a hospital that treated, for the most part, African-American patients. Yes. yes. So, and that is, an, I'm going to reach out to his office, too, on your behalf, because Please I do. Please. How many people in Louisiana, and you may not have the number off the top of your head, but but a guesstimation of how many people in our state are dealing with lupus? We don't have a number, um, but we would love as many who hear my voice, your voice, who now know uh, that we exist mm -hmm. because the foundation is actually 40 years old. Wow. Yes, 40 years the Louisiana Lupus Foundation has existed, and it's been here in Baton Rouge. Wow. And so that gives me more reason to talk on radio because mm -hmm. you are my coming out moment. <laughs> you know, many people don't know that yeah. I have lupus. Have, have the city, has the city, have you talked with anyone in the city yet? Yes, okay. we have. We and have. how's that going? Um, it's going well. But again, think about all of the diseases that they hear oh, about. Oh, sure, And all sure. of the awarenesses. Mm -hmm. um, however, to answer your question, we believe that it is in the hundreds of thousands of people in Louisiana. I can believe that. With lupus. We have been able to quantify from... Um, the Department of Health, that 21 have passed last year from lupus. Wow. The issue with that is just recently, one of our uh, support group leaders in Denham Springs, Wanda Allen, passed. And Wanda, matter of fact, she and I have a birthday tomorrow. So mm. she would have been, we would have been celebrating tomorrow. And Wanda passed because of a heart attack. Mm -hmm. And we have to remind people that lupus caused the heart attack. Wow. So she, had she not had lupus, there wouldn't have been a heart attack. But the lupus attacked her heart, and she was getting in the car ready to go shopping. So we 
when we hear a number like 21, we know that nobody ever asked, what, was there a chronic condition? Mm -hmm. That was what killed that person, mm -hmm. not the heart attack, yeah. what caused it. Yeah. So when I tell you it was 21, that's so far of a low number. Yeah. So we're asking people to, one, pay attention to what they're going through mm -hmm. and what family's going through, because we never look like we feel. Right. By the time we look sick, we are in a full-blown attack. Mm -hmm. Something terribly is happening. Mm -hmm. I remember when my dad, we had, I was getting fentanyl patches. And you could not put it on me unless you had exposure to some type of high-level pain medicine, opioid. And for whatever reason, oh. my dad had had one of the medicines. Mm -hmm. So he was able to put the patch on me. Because that stuff is so powerful. It's so powerful. So if you had not been exposed to it and you touched it, we would be taking you to the hospital. Because you, you would OD. Yes. Let me ask you, that, that, that was one of the questions I had for you. Because you are taking medicines that treat something that the lupus imitates, yes. some of that is going to be pain medicine. Lots of it. What's the, how do you protect against an addiction to the pain medicine? Because some of these things are so addictive. That we have conversations in our support group okay. about the addictions okay. uh, to a pain medicine, mm -hmm. and what we are saying amongst mm. ourselves has been, it's not true. My pain medicines, and I'm in. High, so there is no high probability of that. No, you're in so much pain. Oh, okay. You're in so much pain that you. The don't, euphoria aspect that addicts people—that's not something. Yeah. You don't feel it. Wow. I was wow. in the hospital getting morphine shots. Yeah. And we would go from morphine to fentanyl shots. Yeah. No effect. I mean, and I had—I even had my parents laughing and my husband laughing intentionally because they see me suffering in this pain. And I didn't go to La La Land. Right. You know, I didn't have that euphoria at all. Huh. And so I'm just like, the pain, even if I, if you would give me that euphoria, at least it would take some of this pain right. away. Didn't. So we have debates in the office, I mean, in, the, in our support groups, about if the opioid debate and that discussion is genuine when it comes to medical chronic conditions. Yeah. Now, maybe when they are um, in less of a flare, mm -hmm that you may have an addiction at that point. But so many of us are not in less of a flare moments long enough to, mm. to have this addiction. Wow. So you will see, and you see that with the sickle cell conversation, yeah. that when doctors are, when they are debating whether to administer pain medicine, there's specific chronic illnesses like lupus and yeah. sickle cell and um, MS, yeah. that you should disregard anything that you hear about an opioid when you're dealing with those patients. Give them the pain medicine. Because it is specifically designed to help you with your pain. With high level intensity. High level of pain. But you're taking that and you're taking concoctions of supplements hoping that you can revitalize your cells. So mm -hmm. you're doing vitamin A, vitamin K. You're doing everything you could think of. Um, that in addition to the heart medicine mm -hmm. that you're taking, you're maybe taking um, some things for skin conditions. Mm -hmm. Um, Plaquenil is our hydrochloroquine that we all take. Yeah. is designed to treat malaria. Huh. <laughs> so, and that is the go-to drug. How expensive is uh, is this? 
I would have to imagine it's, it's extremely expensive to be able to get these it cocktails is, of, yes. of, of pills. It is. It is very expensive. And when you're not able to get to work, yeah. then you become an expense on the government. Wow. So that was the message that we took to uh, Congressman Graves, mm-hmm. whose staff I did not meet. I met him. No, he's a good man. We were eye to eye. Yeah, he's with a good him. man. And to be able to tell him, yeah. there is one drug now yeah. that is designed for lupus patients yeah. specifically. It's yeah. called Benlista. Okay. Benlista is an infusion. So I get the infusion once a month. Mm-hmm. I literally sit there with cancer patients. And while they're getting chemo, I'm getting Benlista for two hours. And the price tag on that visit is $35,000. So I took that, we brought that to Congressman Graves yeah. and said, if I'm on Medicaid, guess who paid for that? Yeah. Because there's no cure. Right. And this is a new drug. So can you imagine what you've spent yeah. on just Candace yeah. to treat lupus? Right. This year, I heard something that was mind-blowing. Um, Dr. Stephen, I want to say his name is Dr. Stephen Carter, but I'll, I'll verify that. Um, with NIH, one of the deputy directors, when we were in Washington. NIH. NIH, the National Institute of Health, mm-hmm. who now has the $104 million right. for lupus. Yeah. Um, he said, if you find a cure for lupus, you can find a cure for most autoimmune diseases. HIV AIDS is autoimmune. Yep, that's right. They're now saying diabetes too is autoimmune. Mm. So if you find a cure for lupus, you can begin curing masses yeah. of people. Yeah. Now I do want to celebrate the money that's set aside in the budget, especially with the Department of Defense, mm-hmm. because you don't see that line item right. for any diseases. Yeah. So sickle cell doesn't have yeah, no. that line item. No. I mean, I know that the Baton Rouge sickle cell foundation here Lori Burgess and yes. her group they're doing they do that fundraiser for Ryan Clark yes uh, every August because Ryan has sickle cell and, and you're right but but people know a little people have yes. heard maybe not know know more but they've heard more more about sickle cell than they have about lupus but you know why well you know why um, we thank the Black Panther Party for self-defense for that because hmm. it was their advocacy that got black children tested for sickle cell. So hmm. it went around the world that sickle cell was an issue within this community. And it is now required that babies are tested for sickle, for sickle cell. cell. And that came from California, Oakland, wow. California, that movement. Which is which is out west. I mean, it's so different culturally for African yes. Americans there than it is, say, in the south or another part. Like diabetes here, because culturally right. speaking, our diets are different, but it's not... Right. And, and, and I tell people all the time, it's like, we, you know, when you live here and all you've ever known yes. is a high cholesterol, <laughs> yes. high carbohydrate diet. I mean, that's all we know here. Right. And most of us ain't ever leaving it because the food is too good. It is. You know, is. so yes. so let's get to people getting involved when if people want to learn more or just donate to 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 help. Uh, how can they do that? Because. A person may not know who around them on the job or in their social circle may be dealing with this. No, you don't know. You don't know because we we don't look sick. Sure. And when we do, uh, to come and say, I have lupus mm-hmm. to my job, 
lupus is a disability disease. Mm -hmm. So your job immediately says, okay, we got to get rid of them Mm -hmm. because we don't need the expense. Um, So you will not be able to look around and look at your aunt and say, oh, you know, she's sick. She looks like she has lupus. It's really an intimate disease. Mm -hmm. What is going on within that person head to toe? So my first thing would be look at what you're experiencing within your body. Okay. Um, the fatigue, the high fatigue, the um, easily easily bruised, the level of pain that that has no triggers, um, cold fingers, cold feet, purple fingers, purple feet, mm. rashes on your face, rashes on your arm, um, especially a diagnosis of fibromyalgia or Sjogren's or connective tissue disorder. Um, those are indications that, hey, this could easily be lupus. Let me ask. Let me begin now asking. Test me, test me, test me. Um, now, donations. I mean, we are the Louisiana Lupus Foundation dot org. Mm-hmm. So the our all of our and I'll post a link about this where the show is too, Perfect. so people can click that link to to get directly to the foundation's website and, yes. and to be able to donate. They can donate. Um, we have, all of October, we have several events and they're on the site. Um, mm-hmm. We have a golf tournament, bikers riding um, in DeRitter, Louisiana. Yeah. We have a huge lupus conference in New Orleans mm-hmm. uh, towards the end of the month um, that you can donate and get involved there. Okay. One thing we also need are champions. Even if you don't have lupus, when you're sitting with your doctor, ask them, are they doing lupus research? Because let me stress this. If there's money in Congress that's designated to a disease that impacts people in Louisiana, Mm -hmm. but there are no researchers doing research on that disease, that money will not come to Louisiana. They're not writing checks to the Louisiana Lupus Foundation. They're writing a check to LSU, to Tulane Medical Have y'all met with the governor? We have not met with the governor. Um, that is a goal this this year um, to meet with him, especially this month if we can. Mm-hmm. We've made requests. Um, we do know that. Maybe what, I can help you with that. Perfect. We know that what is effective is to be able to find researchers here. Yeah. And for the researcher to say, I want mm-hmm. to do this. I'm committed to finding answers to lupus. Mm-hmm. Um, Members of the legislature. Have you met? I mean, have you convened yes. a meeting with some of them? Who, no, we've had we've met individually, individually. but not not a joint meeting, who have you met especially with? with all of the special sessions. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've had a few of those, <laughs> at least one had. or two. Now we there is the rheumatology association that's meeting here okay. um, for the first time in New Orleans yeah. um, in two weeks. So we will have a presence there because what we find is that there they will come back and say to us, "But we you got five million dollars." Yeah. But it's not just the five million. We need you to encourage our researchers right. to get to work. Yeah. And if you are getting to work, stop being quiet about yeah. it. So I, my rheumatologist is interested, yeah. but she doesn't do the research. And and research, especially medical research, costs a lot of money. And five million dollars would go fast because if you're going to bring in research, uh, researchers are going to have to be credentialed. They have to. And be they have to have you know some experience. I mean it's. It's expensive. And like I said, that's not expensive. a whole lot of money based upon where other money goes. Right. And but we also have the Lupus Research Alliance. Yeah. The Lupus Research Alliance will give awards to researchers with novel ideas mm-hmm. and who are novice. 
so you don't have to be or have to have done 10 years of research to get support from the Lupus Research Alliance. Mm -hmm. So that could very well be your doctor mm -hmm. who has an idea that a certain ointment yeah. could cure lupus yeah. or treat yeah. truly lupus. And then they can go to the Lupus Research Alliance and get that kind of money. How can people find you if they want to follow you, find you, contact you, call you? Whatever. We are LouisianaLupusFoundation.org. We're also on Facebook, Louisiana Lupus Foundation. Mm -hmm. um, our number in Baton Rouge is 774-7999, and all of that's out there. Um, you know, I'm Candace. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, and, and quickly here in the, in the last minute or so, one of, we were talking, you're, 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 first of all, you are a bookworm. I am. And one of the <laughs> smartest people I've, I've ever known. Uh, and it, it, as it relates to books, tell people about that. Like oh, I love I love books. I, you know, I am a publisher. Right. Work for a small independent publishing company, Joseph Syndicate. Mm -hmm. We're always looking for great stories to publish, either through blogs, websites, newspapers, yeah. magazines. Definitely books. Working on a textbook now for the history of Southern University. Excited huh. about that. We have some sci-fi books yeah. that's coming out. Yeah. Love it. You know, that's what I love to do. Uh, if, you know, <laughs> maybe one day I'll write a book, but I don't think more than two people would read it. That's okay. <laughs> two, two is great. That's a great story. So, uh, but man, it's it's so great. And then let's let's do more of this. Keep me updated. You gotta, you know, the door's always open. Come yes. back. Let's talk about talk more about this and and really help get the word out about it because I'm sure there are people out there dealing with this Absolutely. who may not who may not know how or who to reach out to to get help especially with you're saying the foundation's been around 40 years 40 years and before you told me about it i had never heard about it before i was diagnosed and yeah. paralyzed right and i mean literally could not move did we start looking into it and find it right here wow right here Candace Simeon. That's right. Thank you, Candace. Thank you, Clay. This is Dr. Mary Catherine Rodriguez, and I'm Katie Fetzer. We're the owners and co-founders of The Wellness Studio, a mental health practice with locations here in Baton Rouge and Covington. We are also your host for The Waiting Room Podcast here on podcast225.com. Our podcast is a journey into the world of mental health. On our show, we're going to discuss some of the various forms of mental health conditions. We're also going to shed light on the various ways our listeners can get a better understanding of how the mind works and why we do what we do. So subscribe today to get The Waiting Room Podcast here on podcast225.com, iTunes, and the Talk 107.3 mobile app. Executone of Louisiana has been helping businesses in Baton Rouge save money on their telecommunications for over 40 years. Executone will help businesses upgrade their phones, their intercom systems, save money, and never have to worry about local customer support. Doctors' offices, hospitals, schools, businesses, it doesn't matter. All kind have depended on the good people at Executone to upgrade technology and save money. I have a question for you. Do you like saving money? Sure, of course you do. Here's another one. Do you want to keep the most up-to-date phone and intercom technology while saving money. That's what it's all about. That's a no-brainer. Don't get sucked in by out-of-town companies who are not here if you need technical support. Executone has been here, and they believe in the value of customer service, baby. Don't take my word for it. Give them a call, 225-295-3500. That's 295-3500. Oh, look them up. ExecutoneLA.com. Executone of Louisiana. They still here, and they're going to continue to give you great service.
that show, that discussion with Candace Simeon. We'll get her back here in the near future to talk more about what they're doing at the Louisiana Lupus Foundation. I want to take a moment to talk about a foundation that is near and dear to some people who are near and dear to my heart. Stacy and Stephen Atkins have a daughter, Macy, who is turning 16 years old this month. Now, Macy is a very, very special young lady. And without getting into the details of it, I can tell you that Steve and Stacy have done an amazing job there. But her 16th birthday is something that they're doing where not only is it about celebrating this special young lady, but it's also about giving back. September, the month that has gone by, was Craniofacial Awareness Month. They're raising money, Steve and Stacy are, for the Children's Craniofacial Association. So you can donate to the foundation in Macy's name and help young people who have had craniofacial issues, surgery, the whole thing, and support a fantastic cause. Happy birthday, Macy. Make sure they spend a lot of money on you. If I know Steve, they will. Fantastic thing. All right, so uh, this show this week, as I said to you a second ago, was about something, or at the beginning, was about something that is a really, really fascinating subject matter and, and, and lupus, and I hope that it was as I said, informative to you guys and you got something from it. Thanks again to Candace for coming on and sharing her story with us. I really, really appreciate that. All right. Episode 177 is now in the books. Thank you so much. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at Clay Young BR or on Facebook forward slash Clay Young. Again, happy birthday, Macy. Thank you for coming on to the show, Candace, and to all of you. I appreciate you being here. We'll catch you next time on The Clay Young Show. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another edition of The Clay Young Show.